Let's pray. God, I ask you to um, help me to talk about your word in the right way, Lord, tonight, Lord, and give me energy and what I need to, um, to make things clear. Give me your Holy Spirit, I pray. And Lord, we just pray your blessing on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God had a plan. He had a very big plan, a plan for redeeming the world from the grip of sin and death. And God also knew about the plight of a righteous couple, Zachariah and Elizabeth, that we read about. He had heard their prayers over the years for a child, and God no doubt arranged for the lot to fall on Zachariah the priest to burn incense at the altar at that time, and sent the angel Gabriel just then with his message. And Gabriel brought the good news about a son to be born to Zachariah and his wife, an answer to prayer, and much more than that. The angel didn't simply say, your prayer has been heard, your wife Elizabeth and you will bear a son, or your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. No, he told them that this son to be born of them was going to be more than just simply special to them. He was going to be great in the sight of God. Great in the sight of the Lord and filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And their son was to be set apart for God and God's purpose, which was to turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he was to go as a forerunner before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah and make ready for the Lord a people prepared for him. Well, seeing the angel in God's temple and hearing all that he said, Zechariah was understandably troubled and fearful, a natural response to a supernatural experience. But in his response, he totally blew it by expressing doubt at the truth of the message and listing the natural limitations of himself and his wife. And we might feel inclined to excuse Zachariah as simply using natural logic, but we must also remember that in his response, he was conversing with this supernatural being who brought him the message. And it seems that he might have been so focused on the word that pertained to the birth of his future son that he missed the bigger picture about his son being the fulfillment of scripture, the prophet that Israel had been waiting for uh, that was referred to by the prophet Malachi, the very last words of God in the Old Testament, and that he was to be the forerunner of, of the Messiah. As a priest, Zechariah should have been anticipating that and been glad that he could have played a part in that fulfillment. But it seems that something was wrong. And of course, we can speculate what it was. We can speculate that he might have had some resentment that God had not answered his prayer uh, earlier when he and Elizabeth were young uh, for a child. But, but, but we don't know, of course. And we might also think that, think uh, to excuse Zachariah's words due to the shock of the paranormal, uh, perhaps like Peter's outburst on the Mount of Transfiguration. But the angel, interestingly, did not excuse him. 
He took offense at Zechariah's words. As a priest, Zechariah should have known better than to question him, especially knowing prophetic scripture. And the angel said, as we read, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will be silent, unable to speak, until the day these things take place. Well, the negative response of Zechariah had not simply been from shock. Angels understand and accept that reaction, expect that reaction when they appear to human beings. What they don't expect is unbelief expressed by a priest who knows scripture and who's conversing with them. And so the un- otherwise blameless Zechariah was held responsible for his unbelief here. It seems that Zechariah was asking for a sign of proof that would endure after the angel had gone away. The archangel's very presence wasn't enough for him. And Zechariah got what he asked for. You want a sign? Here it is. His words of doubt had got him in trouble. He was left mute, unable to share even the good news that he received with others until it actually came to pass. How many times does God bless us by fulfilling his word and we go on unsatisfied, demanding more and even doubting his good promises for our future? How impatient and unbelieving we can be sometimes, much like Israel was in the wilderness. And now, though, let's fast forward to Mary. Like Zechariah, Mary, too, was naturally troubled having an an encounter with an angel. But it seems she was more troubled by his strange greeting than his appearance. He said, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And most translations add, blessed are you among women. This spiritual being seems to address Mary as royalty. And then he explains why. He tells her what will take place inside of her. Which, by the way, went way beyond what Zechariah was told. Listen again to what the angel had said to Mary. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. And instead of saying, how can I be sure of this, as uh, Zechariah did, Mary's response is, How will this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? Well, if you think about it, that's kind of a strange response to being told she would be uh, the mother to Israel's king, future king. You would think she might have asked, when will this be? But the when must have already been settled as imminent. Otherwise, It would have been obvious that Joseph, who she was betrothed to, who was also the lineage of King David, would father the child. But only one English version transmits the imminence 
um, in, in this uh, text. And that's the New Revised Standard Version, which has the angel saying, And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. Well, then Mary is told the answer to her question. How will this be? Which goes beyond bizarre unless you're look looking at it as uh, in, in, in the spiritual and not in the natural. The answer is the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And Mary didn't doubt the truth of that word. And she didn't even wait to consult her mother or her father or even Joseph to whom she was betrothed. She was God's first. And she immediately replied, Yes, I am the servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. It's no wonder later on her relative Elizabeth would would prophesy this about her when Mary came to visit. Blessed is she who believed that, which, that what was spoken to her by the Lord would be fulfilled. Blessed is she who believed that what was spoken to her by the Lord would be fulfilled. That was said vis-a-vis -vis her own husband's, Elizabeth's own husband's expression of doubt at the message that was given to him from heaven. And that brings me to the meaning of the word believe. The word believe is translated from the Greek verb pistio. And it's not simply to trust the truth of a word. No, this believe denotes both a personal commitment and understood consequences from that commitment. It involves taking action based on the truth of the word. And in Mary's case, her belief was expressed by her response, her let it be. That was her consent that God's word act on her. I am a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. That expressed her faith and her submission to the word and to the Lord who gave the word. Well, what about us? I want to read now from Luke 2, beginning at verse 4. Joseph also, and it's a Christmas story, of course. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were complete for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Well, how do you respond to that good news? There is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That good news was sent to you, sent from heaven, brought from heaven by that angel, and then transmitted to some shepherds, and then to Mary and Joseph, and then others, and then even to Luke, right down to you today through me tonight. Well, do you say, like Zechariah, how can I be sure of this? And object to the good news with natural reasoning to invalidate it. Do you give natural reasons of your own limitations why it shouldn't be the wondrous grace of God? Or perhaps react negatively because of some disappointment with God in the past, even though that is what you've always hoped and prayed for? Some people say, I need more evidence that I am saved from sin and death through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice than what what was reportedly said by Jesus and the apostles in the Bible and affirmed even today by his witnesses. Well, those who say that will get the sign that they are looking for, but it will cost them. And thank God, God is merciful. And some nine months later, Zechariah acted on the word that he received by writing the name that the angel gave his newborn son on a tablet. And as soon as he did that, he was able to speak again and to prophesy. But so much better to be like Mary and just say, yes, let it be. Yes, let it be to the word of the Lord immediately. Saying yes to God's word is the only way that you will ever conceive his life in you. So receive that holy word tonight that there is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, again, we acknowledge your goodness your grace, your love in sending your son into this world to take on our human flesh, our human nature and to die for us that we might live with you. We thank you, Lord, that, that he came to, to give us eternal life, to make us like you in living forever, Lord. We thank you for this so much and to take away the sin that we could not get rid of out of our hearts ourselves, Lord, the sin that we have, this nature that we can only, only look to you to take away because of the sacrifice that we are celebrating uh, tonight that you gave to us. So thank you, Lord, for that. We pray that you would bless, Lord, each person here that they would receive you and conceive you in their heart, your life, through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.